The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The brain is our personal tool to keep us at our best and realize self-esteem. The mind, body, and immune system work together to help us make the right choices and to reach our purpose and potential. Welcome to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Lindsay and her guests are the go-to experts when it comes to relationships, sexuality, parenting, and wellness. We're here to enlighten and inform you. Now, here is your host, Lindsay Levinson. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson, and I'm your host here at Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. We are on voiceamerica.com, and we're also on the Variety Channel. So thank you for tuning in, and welcome, and thank you for following us, and thank you for growing this station, because it's growing fast. This particular show has um, increased pretty tremendously, and I really want to be gracious and tell you all, I really appreciate that you are listening, and you are following, and you are answering questions and sharing. Illuminating Now is the Facebook page, and... You can certainly go there, and I hope that you will, because there's questions, we read names on the air, and there's a lot of learning that goes on in this community now based on doing this. So take a look. Take a look at Illuminating Now, which is, again, Facebook. At sign Illuminating Now is Twitter. And if you'd become a follower or like my page, that'd be awesome. So again, thanks for support. Qualityforlifecoaching.com. That is the website that I would love you to take a look at. It has been redesigned. We've got some new stuff coming. A blog is coming up here. So definitely check that out. And I've offered a free complimentary session for 20 minutes, 30 minutes for us to chat through anything you might want to work on or just give you some guidance and some steps and actions on something you can do for yourself. So feel free to do that. There will be a Lindsay's Life Secret, of course, toward the end of the show. And we have a guest on today, and I'm about to introduce her, but I do want you to take down JenniferElizabethMasters.com. So JenniferElizabethMasters is all one word, .com. And you can also take down JenniferElizabethMasters.blogspot.com because she's got a fantastic blog. And she, it, Love Yourself Fearlessly is her blog, and she will talk about that, and I will certainly give her her, her time to, to tell us all about that. Her Facebook, I believe, and is Jennifer Elizabeth Masters also. These are just all one word. So today I will be introducing, in just a minute, Jennifer Elizabeth Masters, who is the author of a book called Orgasm for Life. This book was released on May 28th. And this is really going to be a great show. We're going to have a lot of fun on this show. And Jennifer is just very truthful, very invigorating, very interesting, and certainly intelligent. I have had time to talk with her and get to know her a bit. She's creative. She's talented in just so many ways. I'm going to read you a little bit about her because sometimes I don't read a bio that's as long, but she's really pretty unique. 
Born and raised in Toronto, she learned early that some of her most profound experiences aren't the ones that are the most fun. Not only because they deliver treasures or jewels or joy, but they teach you about you. Healing from a traumatic childhood of dysfunction and molestation, Jennifer on a journey, she went on a journey that would take her all around the world, from Europe to India, Bali, across the United States, living in Montreal, London, she lived so many places. I want her to speak to some of this and, and you know what has gone on in her life. But she's been from a flight attendant to master gardener, owning her own landscape design installation business, Call for Heavenscapes. Love that. For 11 years. She is this fearless woman. And when you hear her, you'll, you'll get this energy. She's an author. She's an inspirational speaker. She's a hypnotherapist. She's a certified life coach, mother of three, master energy healer, and ordained minister. So these are all really important things to know. She has been married and divorced four times. She's an empowerment and sex coach for women, and she knows a lot to tell the men as well. So it's really exciting to have her on, and she, again, with the release of this book, is it's, she's going to be a hot topic for sure. So I want to say welcome. Welcome, Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. I know that you're a very busy woman traveling everywhere doing lots of things. So thanks for making time for being on the show here today. Thank you, Lindsay. I'm honored to be here. Well, I've been so excited. You know, I know we made contact a while ago, and, and I've just been so excited about what this concept is. I think relationships are a struggle. I think intimacy is a challenge. I think this goes on and on. I wish wish we were taught this earlier because we get to be grown-ups and we don't know what we need to know. Talk about Orgasm for Life. I mean, it's a provocative title. What inspired you to write this book? Well, my own life. <laughs> I've yeah. been married and divorced, as you said, four times. And during that time, I was non-orgasmic. And I knew if I was having these issues with my sex life and and I'm a very sexual person it isn't that I don't like sex but I couldn't have an orgasm in you know while I was married and I thought well this is really interesting and then I started talking to women and found that it's across the board I mean I would be in line at the Sally Beauty Supply store (laughs) and 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 start talking about it and they would say yes tell me about it I don't have an orgasm when I have sex so it's a real problem and I felt that somebody needed to be authentic about it and honest about it and so I've really opened up my bedroom to share a lot of my own personal experiences including the sexual healing that I've gone through. Well, first of all, it does take someone to do that, and it takes bravery to do that, and there is a lot of courage involved in just deciding to be vulnerable and disclose information that is about yourself, and yet I think that is the most respected information anybody wants to read, honestly, is, you know, even as a coach, I'm very self-disclosing about things I've been through, or, oh, yeah, I took that medication, or I had that crisis, you know, and people tend, tend to really respect because they think you're writing a story or you're writing a book or you're coaching from a place of some expertise that it could never happen to you when really when you can speak to the fact that, no, this did happen to me. That's why I'm here to tell you something about it. So I I have tremendous respect for you. Talk to me a little bit about, I want to hear about some of these personal stories that you have, but what do you hope to achieve with this book then? What's what's its real goal? Well, the goal is to 
increase happiness and joy in relationship where 54% of women are unhappy with their sex lives and divorce rates are over 50%. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to put the two together. Now, I won't say that the sex is the only reason, but it's a big reason. And if the sex isn't good, the relationship isn't going to last. So it's really important to have this connection with your partner because as time goes on, to, to stay connected, if you're not being sexual, then, you know, things tend to die. You, you don't touch each other so much. You start to complain and bitch and moan. And so it's mm-hmm. to help women to, to understand themselves better but also to understand a man's perspective as well and vice versa for men to understand women better because we as women are enigmas to men. Right. <laughs> we're sometimes enigmas to ourselves. But yeah, <laughs> we're, we're tricky. We're tricky. You know, I mean, that, and there's no two alike. That's for sure. And in the, you know, in personality, but in design of anatomy as well. So I think that um, you're saying something very powerful here. Because I've seen many couples, and you hear all versions. Some people come in saying sex is what we need and we have to make it to last. And some people come in and really fight. So we're not having sex. I, I don't know why this is a big issue. Why are we even in coaching or counseling? It's not the biggest deal. We get along great. And But I, I believe, I kind of call it the foundation. I believe they're the building blocks that having intimacy and being able to be sexual with your partner and enjoy it and like it and crave it, it doesn't mean it's every day, but just being able to. There's so many times in life we don't have time for it, and we do bypass it. But when crisis strikes or trouble happens or you've got to get through something, there is a safety built in to the intimacy that you have built as your bricks on the bottom. And so you're less likely to fall apart as a couple when crisis hits. I don't even mean the two of you are fighting, but just crisis hits in life or a financial crisis or something with your child. Or, But, you know you're less likely to fall if you can go back to that safe haven and that nurturing, intimate, vulnerable space, which is a sexual relationship. So I really, you know, hats off to you for forgetting that. And, and, and so as you write this, because you do get personal in it, um, but you also are, you know, you have facts, you're already giving us statistics, so you come from a base of knowledge and intelligence. What do you want the readers to really get out of it? What do you think they will get out of it? Well, first of all, a better and closer relationship with themselves. Because when you know yourself and understand yourself, then you can better able communicate your desires to your partner. So it's it's that increasing awareness, and I also talk about you know mirroring and conflict, and there's a lot of aspects that I discuss. It's not just sex, so. It will be a way, this book will be a way to help bridge that chasm between you and your partner, no matter what, you know, your your preference is, and a better understanding, and then greater happiness in life, because one of the things that I talk about is how we, especially women, we have a tendency to blame our partners for our unhappiness, and yet... We are responsible for that. We're also responsible for our own orgasm. And so talking about how to be responsible for ourselves helps to raise awareness. And it, it raises the vibration of the relationship to a higher level as well. 
Yeah, I would think so. And and so in this book, I mean, when you say we're responsible and you're right, you're just so on spot, you know, spot on with how we blame, you know. And and I think it can go both ways, but women are a trickier entity. And, you know, we want something, but if we don't get it, we aren't necessarily able to explain exactly what that was, you know, so it, it, it can get tricky. And then we just look to the other person, you know, can't, can't you figure this out? <laughs> I don't know how to tell you, but can't you help me and, and make this happen? So I think that, um, you know, the close relationship with yourself and understanding your own self and then having a voice is really important. And do you, do you find that? And do you coach to that? How do people, cause this is a hard thing to talk about. It's not easy in the moment. Well, it is, and and I have I've interviewed hundreds of of men and women for this book, and one of the things that men speak to me about all the time is that, you know, my my wife talks all the time, but then when we get in the bedroom, she shuts up, <laughs> <laughs> and women have a tendency, and I think it's it's in our DNA that we have been you know kind of passive, laying there and allowing men to pleasure themselves it's been going on for hundreds of years in that way and I think that we really have to dig ourselves out of this hole that's been created however it happened and speak up and how do we do that well you have to understand what feels good and how do you do that well touch yourself love yourself get to know how you feel and what feels good but the other thing is is that a lot of women they don't love themselves and they also don't love their genitals. So to have a pleasurable experience, lovemaking, you've got to love yourself. You've got to love your genitals. And so placing that in the forefront of your mind, I love myself. You know, thinking about positive things instead of negative, like any kind of negative body image. It doesn't matter how big, small. I have seen the most beautiful women have the lowest self-esteem women that are models my oldest son is a model so I've I've met a lot of his model friends and these gorgeous girls I mean bodies to die for and they have such self-hatred for themselves so it has nothing to do with the body it has to do with your self-acceptance so all of those things go into a better and more pleasurable sexual experience and I think that's interesting and telling, and it, and it actually immediately something clicks in my mind, and it isn't always this way. There's no, you know, 100% of anything that I'm saying is a stereotype, but it's interesting that sometimes when you're on the beach or you are somewhere and people have the most perfect bodies, the most perfect, beautiful faces, hair, whatever, a lot of that is because they're trying to strive for perfection because of so many things wrong inside, and and that could be a lack of love. It could be dysfunction in their family. It could be molestation. It could be something. But, you know, you try to make it better by, by being so beautiful. And, but, so it's an interesting thing that, that there is actually, a, you know, that's not uncommon, that models and that kind of thing. Um, why are they even in that business in some cases? It's to be validated for beauty and to be validated for being special. And, and something may have been a void up until that point. So I think... You know, I worked with a couple who she was brave and she was really willing to say, hey, this, this is what I think I like and this is what I really would want you to do. And, but he had a pretty strong reaction, you know, which I don't think is unusual that 
don't tell me what to do. I don't really want to get bossed around in this situation. I, you know, he had lots of ways of saying it, you know, and I'm not looking for a director to the programming going on here, you know, so he, or, you know, he micromanagement, you know, don't micromanage this. This is not fun when you micromanage. So what do you say to that? How, what, you know, did you find that in your research that men can get reactive? <laughs> I, I found that out between the sheets, as a matter of fact. <laughs> My uh, third husband had, you know, two major issues. And one was premature ejaculation. And I call that the um, HTP, hair trigger penis. And, <laughs> and he blamed me for it. You know, he, he said, well, if, you know, if we had sex every day, it, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't happen. And even when we did, you know, it was still an issue. Now I'm getting to the point, but when I talked to him about what I needed, he was extremely reactive and got very angry with me. And so from that point forward, I said nothing. And of course, our you know our sex life didn't improve. Of course, right. So it, 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 I talk about it in the book, and and I talk to the guys, um, and I tell them that the reason that women fake orgasm is not to be mean. It's not a mean spirited act. It's that they're concerned. They intuitively know that that men's egos are attached to the sexual act, and most men think they're studs and. I've got to tell you, it's a rare guy that's a stud in the bedroom, and, and it's and it it's not anything against the guys. It's just that they don't know a woman's body, right? And even after you tell a guy, please don't do this, and they continue to do it, and I, I you'll you'll laugh when when you read the headings and the titles in the book because I'm really hard hitting about some things, and I I think I call one uh, like something like. Uh, pumping at the speed of light or something to that effect because you know I've experienced this where I say please slow down and it's like no 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 we're 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 on this train and we're going to go 90 miles an hour and and so men need to listen to their partners when a woman has the courage to say please do this please listen guys because if you want a better experience if you want sex more often you have to listen to your partner and it goes both ways Right. It's so funny that you would bring up the, you know, of all the things that came to my mind before you said what you were going to say about, you know, pumping in the speed of light. But when you talk about guys and how they listen and the ego and so they get excited. And again, just like a woman faking an orgasm isn't any mean spirited, nor is a man, you know, wanting to please you connected to the ego like, but that becomes he has to do that. That becomes something he has to do. He needs to please you. He needs to know he did it and, and it's working and you like it. And, and I, But I do think it's funny at the speed thing because if you say to somebody, you know, take it slow, they might be able to take it slow. But what I think is funny is the minute you as a woman, we as women start to react and get excited and say, okay, all right. Okay, I think it's happening. You're taking me there. It's going there, you know. They start speeding up. The more excited <laughs> yes, you, that's you true. right? That's very true. They yes. might go slow so that you're finally getting there. And then you're getting there and you're like, this is right. You're right on. We're so there. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And as much as they hear that, it's like turning up. They're like playing with their Tonka toys. It's like boom, bitty, boom, bitty, boom. You know, they, <laughs> they just, but that's very true. It is. 
it's hard to say, you know, no, no, go go back where you were because that's how we were getting there. Now and, and you're- That's a big deal for women that when something's working, guys, don't change it up. Don't, <laughs> don't change the speed. Don't change the speed. Don't do it a different way. Don't think, oh, well, if that's good, this will be better. No. Right. <laughs> Stick with what's working. Don't change because women are so sensitive because the slightest movement, the slightest change in speed could just, it, that could be it. It could be all over. Right. I mean, right. Not, in other words, not getting there. That's right. That's absolutely right. And, um, you know, I, I normally would not disclose something like this, but I've been known to say, even if I go silent, whether I'm talking or quiet, just keep doing that. <laughs> But just know, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm pretty expressive, but I want them to know, like, if I get silent, it might, I might really be going there. So, like, just keep doing that. Don't judge that I'm talking or not or I'm fast or I'm slow. Like, that's good. And now, you know, let me disclaimer all the behaviors I may do in the next few minutes and don't pay attention to them. Just keep doing that. So that's, uh, that's, that's and, very real. And that's, a, that's a big thing, too, is that there are a lot of women that get really quiet when they're getting there because they're so focused on the experience and, and they're focusing on it and that that actually came out in a study done in the UK uh, 76 women that were uh, that were questioned and, and surveyed and and one of the things was you know they talked about faking and and they said that when they were quiet that was the key you know to notice that Yes, we're we're on our way. I'm quiet. Right. Now, not everybody's that way, and and some women, when they're noisy, you know, that heightens their own sexual expression and and raises their vibration so that they can have an orgasm. Right. Right. It's that's why I say, you know, we're it's not just for the men or an enigma. You know, it's amongst ourselves. I mean, it's just True. it's different, and it's and it and part of when I was you know talking about. One of the couples that I've worked with, I was saying, you know, whether she says it and he says it's micromanaging, some part of it is that women change. There's days, you know, we want to be touched softly. There's days it's a little more aggressive. There's days slower is best. There's days faster. There's certainly as women get older or move into, you know, different phases of their womanhood, it, it can change. And Absolutely. So, so they're trying to explain that. So if one day they're, you know, they get the guy to get it right, and the next day they say, you know, can you go a little faster and a little bit harder? And, you know, then he's reactive. What? You just, just yesterday, it was slow and simple. Today it's fast <laughs> and hard. Like, what the hell, you know? Well, and, yeah, and there's another thing, too, is that some days we want our nipples squeezed and practically bitten off. And, <laughs> and then maybe a day or two later, we could be ovulating or starting our period. And don't go there. And, and we, we might snap somebody's head off if we get squeezed hard, you know, where just the day before, it's like, pinch it off. Right, so, right. So these poor men are looking at us like, I, I don't get it. I don't that's, get it. That's so true. That's so true. I mean, I am so glad you wrote this book. It's it's just so necessary. And just even talking about this well, on a radio show, I mean, I wish this show really would. I wish there was a way to say it to the world. Just listen to this one show, you know, because... Because people are experiencing this. Women and men are experiencing the difficulty. And again, in translation, in interpretation, and, you know, and then they judge themselves. Um, I think also that goes for what we talked about, ego. In, in a man, if a man can't 
become erect. Like he, women are emotional and men are testosterone. So women want to be close and they want to talk and they want to pet and pet my hair and rub my back and I'll pet your, you know, of course sex is great, but we want a lot of these emotional, just oh, fill me up. You say I'm beautiful and that'll almost get me there, you know? So, so, and men, you know, if they can't get erect, they might stomp out of the bedroom in the middle of you being naked and in the, you know, you're really having an intimate experience and they're like, ah, I don't know what this is. Never mind. You know? And so the women, the woman is left there thinking, well, I don't care about that. You know, that doesn't matter to me. I just want to be close to you. So I, again, I think there's, I go back to interpretation and translation. It's a double whammy for the woman. Maybe he didn't get erect and that wasn't going to happen, but that's not that big of a deal. But the fact to get out of bed and leave a woman naked while you stomp off and you're mad, that, that gets difficult and, and it's difficult on everyone. Um, so tell me who, you know, who do you think has the biggest issue? I mean, what, what do you see? Let me go that way. Like, what do you think is the biggest obstacle? What's the biggest issue that the relationships face today? What are the biggest issues? <laughs> you're you're going to laugh. It, it's self-love. Because when you accept yourself, then you're not so reactive. And if you don't love yourself and you're insecure, and believe me, I've had... Rela- one of the reasons I've been married and divorced four times is because I had a lot of emotional issues with the sexual trauma and it's taken me all this time to recover but when we're insecure we're reactive we can't take criticism we can't take advice and so the more you love yourself the more accepting you are of what somebody else will say to you and and, and your partner you know loves you so they're not trying to destroy you uh, but we we take things the wrong way so i would say the most critical critical thing is self acceptance and self love i i am so with you and i'm not laughing at that i i i think it's the foundation of everything so i mean i don't care what as a coach and you are too you know, we do life work. It isn't all about sexuality, but it's about so many things. It could be not getting along with your mother. It could be not getting along with your boss, your child, your, you know, you can't achieve the job you want. So whatever these things are, I do believe that self-love is at the bottom of so very many things that we have to face. But it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. Um, I've also heard, again, we talk about these beautiful women with beautiful bodies, and but m- men really respond to you liking yourself. If you get up and walk across the room to the bathroom and you're a heavy set gal, you know, that's the least of their troubles. That you're you're you like yourself. You're sexy. You think that's fun. You don't need to turn the lights off. You don't need to put sheets over you. You don't need to say, you know, I don't really want you to look at me there. If you can feel comfortable with who you are, that's very attractive to a man and that's really hot. And I mean, that's what men have certainly given me that feedback in relationships that they're working absolutely, on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And neediness is so unattractive. Having been there, <laughs> I can speak to that and being, you know, being very codependent and clingy and men don't like that. So you need to hire a coach and, and get some help because it doesn't have to be that way. I used to be that way. And, you know, gosh, if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> it's, it's that, is very true too. And I don't think neediness, again, it's too attractive on anyone, but yes, in intimacy and trying to, the more you say, you know, either ask someone, don't you think this, or do you think that, or do you think I look fatter, or you're not looking at me, you know, the more you reflect that, the more it it does become a turnoff. And so 
going back to if you can, but you're right. You can't fake self-love. You can pretend. <laughs> you can try. But self-love is self-love. You really are okay getting up and walking straight up to the bathroom and back naked. And you're completely fine. And you feel pretty beautiful about it. And you cross a mirror and you're good with that, you know. So that the guy's watching that and he's thinking, that's hot. That's just hot, you know. So I really, I do think the foundation of a true intimate relationship hitting its potential is that both parties certainly love themselves. And um, who's your target audience on this? Who do you think is the demographic? I would say uh, people, men and women, 32 to 50. And I do talk about menopause and the you know, change of life and how it affects you. Since I've been there, you know, I can speak. And that's the thing is that I've been through all of these things myself. So I'm speaking from my own truth. Right. And again, I believe this gives you the credibility. I believe this gives the book its validation of a true story of you being able to really reflect these experiences. And I think it's, again, just a fantastic thing that you're doing here. I really do. I know that we are going to go to break. There's so much more to talk about. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm, you know, thinking <laughs> this show won't even do it. But uh, we are going to go to break. You are listening to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. I am your host, Lindsay Levinson, and we are with Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. Her book was released, Orgasm for Life. And so stay tuned because there's some good stuff coming up. So we'll go to the break and we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Ooh, Johnny John. Are you happy with just accepting and passing along what the media, politicians, and government are feeding you? Or are you positively sick of it? It's time to get the real facts and form your own decisions. It's time to awaken the sleeper within you. Each week, host Dr. Nick Castellano will uncover various viewpoints and topics designed to inform and present the truth. Today's masses are manipulated by media coverage, and we will not become sheeple. Tune in to Awaken the Sleeper, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for an Anything Goes hour-long foray into politics, pop culture, and societal tribulations? Then look no further than Between the Synapse with host Mark Tobin. Each show features nationally or internationally prominent guests discussing topics that go beyond the usual daily news, sometimes even way beyond. It's a weekly fast-paced hour that you won't want to miss. Call in to join the party. Between the Synapse airs live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. There is a species that remains undiscovered by modern science. This species is known by many names, but most commonly known as Bigfoot. Join Todd Standing and Dr. Jeff Meldrum for Bigfoot North, a program that sets out to uncover the species that has eluded modern science, but that does truly exist. Expert and celebrity guests will be on hand to discuss both the scientific evidence and conclusive fact of the species on this planet. Bigfoot North airs live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
You are tuned in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. To connect with Lindsay or her guest, please call in to the show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's L-I-N-Z-I-244 at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Illuminating Now. Hi, we're back. This is Lindsay Levinson. You are listening to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. And I am your host, but we have an amazing guest on today. She is the author of Orgasm for Life. And this is a real book. We are coming back from break, so I just want to say we've been talking about who this book can help and how it can help. This author we're speaking with, she's talking about her own experiences. She's talking about data and research she gathered, but with real people about real things. So this is not some esoteric kind of nature about intimacy. This is really, what does it take to have an orgasm? And what are people doing that maybe they shouldn't um, or they could do better? You know, really hands-on, no pun intended, of what we can do to make relationships more sustainable and certainly with the sexual aspect about them. So welcome back and Jennifer Elizabeth Masters being our guest. Um, tell me, you, know, you were talking about the biggest, like, the biggest issues that you see with relationship and we were talking about self-love. Did you, when you interviewed people, did, did you find you could get that answer? Do people know if they don't love themselves? Do they know they're going through any kind of crisis or do people just have to have problems in their life to figure out a road to get a coach and sort of start to evolve, you know, or is that an answer somebody can answer? Well, even when I was told way back when, when I was in India, someone said to me that I was very needy and I I took offense to it. So no, you don't know. You think you love yourself. Yes. But, and there are signs, there are telltale signs and you can go to my blog and there's all kinds of things about it on love yourself fearlessly. Um, But most people aren't able to see it and emotional unavailability is one of them. Neediness is another. Codependency, feeling like, you you know, you've got to give, 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 give and, and then you get resentful because you're giving from this empty place and, you know, people who give too much you know, the issue is lack of self-love because you have limits and boundaries when you love yourself. You know, I can do this, but I can't do that. You feel good about saying no. When you're insecure and you don't love yourself, you have a hard time making unpopular decisions. And I speak from experience on this one. I, I was that way with my children. You know, I I had parents that were very strict, but when it came time for me with my own kids, I couldn't set healthy limits and boundaries, you know, if my life depended on it. And and if I did, they would talk me out of them because I didn't I wanted so much for them to love me. So setting healthy limits it, it is a real issue when you don't love yourself. Wow. I mean that's you and I have so much in common. But um you know, because I, I, I mean, I tell my clients, I start, you know, I'm very, again, self-disclosing on, hey, boundaries are my issue. But, you know, and, and I do have a lot of self-love, but boundaries, I still work with it. I still work with whatever that is in me that needs to give or give a little extra, or like you said with your kids, you know, just absolutely, I've always been their best friend, but I don't want that to stop. <laughs> I just want to make sure it all goes good, you know, so 
I, I pay attention and really work with that as an issue. And of course, I love my clients as well. So it's, it's, it becomes easy to get in a dynamic of giving. And, um, but that's interesting to think about. And talk a little more about codependency. And, you know, I know you kind of put it with the word needy. And I, I think it's a huge issue that a lot of couples are facing and, and, and maybe don't even know it. But, you know, codependence. Well, what I've discovered, and, and it happened with me too, that I blame my husband for being unhappy. And yet, happiness does not come from a relationship. It doesn't come from a new car. It doesn't f- come from a new wardrobe. It doesn't come from material wealth. It has to come from inside. So I see couples, you know, that I'm working with a couple right now, they've been married for over 20 years. And she told her husband, you know, I, um, I've started dating someone and, and I, I'm going to go find myself and, and I'm going to leave you. And, and within 10 months, the guy that she was leaving her husband for dumped her. Oh. Yeah, I, I know. Talk about karma. But here's the thing is that when you feel like you have to leave the relationship to go find yourself, you don't love yourself because you, you should be able to love yourself in a relationship. Interesting. In a, in a, right. Interesting. Now, do you think that if if we if our listeners are listening to this and they're in a relationship and there's something not good, something I mean, abusive in you know, it could be a lot of levels. There's a big spectrum, so I'm not saying this person's getting beat up every night, but but emotionally abusive, not really attentive. He puts his stuff first. You know, do you feel that still, if you have self love, you should stay around that and try to work no. your own stuff out? No. No, that that is one of the things, and and I will say, speaking from my own personal experience, that it's a it's a rare person that can stop being abusive. It, it's a rare person. It, it, it takes a lot of work to change that, and I've I've experienced many different forms of abuse, and one of the things is having love withheld or having sex withheld and most people wouldn't experience that they wouldn't think oh that's abuse but it is it absolutely is it it is a form of emotional abuse and and it's passive aggressive as well so there's all different ways to be abused and absolutely if you're being abused leave them leave her whichever way it goes because that's something and then Here's the thing, though. For you to be abused, you must be a victim on some level. Right. So you need to hire a coach because I'm telling you, doing it on your own could take a lifetime. It took me 30 years or more than 30 years. Yeah, I think, you know, that's one of my big philosophies as well because some some of my clients have come to me for years and years and years. And other people that if they know that or... Or my clients will tell me that their friends say, gee, you know, I, I thought, you're, so you're not fixed yet or, you know, <laughs> that kind of. And, and my view is I say, oh, my gosh, I think you should feel so proud of being in the, in the small percentage that wants self-growth, self-love, self-empowerment, and to actually have an identity and a purpose. And that we can't really get that in our own head. We, we, can, we can try. I mean, we can think, I hope I'm this, or I hope I serve this purpose in the world, or I kind of see myself with this belief system. But, you know, I think that I'm, I'm one of the clearest thinking people there is, and I know I spin around in my head. I mean, get me on a subject or get me, you know, dissing on myself or something, and it spins. It's like a loop-de-loop. It just, 
there's almost no way out, you know, there's no, and so, yeah, going to seek some wisdom elsewhere, it isn't that someone gives me my answers, tells me what to do, but they do, they offer my chance for self-reflection, they put back in the room, this is what I'm hearing you say, this is what you're doing, I'm not even sure why you're still on this subject, we know, here's what I see, and I'm able to then, you know, organize my thinking in a way that will get me somewhere, you know, the next step. You want to get to the next step. And so I agree with you in that light that, you know, it could take 30 years, it could take a lifetime. If you don't try to seek some wisdom, it's very difficult to assess what the next step is because you can't really organize your own thinking because it's in your own head. So and it's, it's very hard to see what you're doing. Yes. Yeah, I think that's very exactly. That's part of why I asked about self-love. I think it is true. We have a belief system and it stays until somebody shakes it up a bit. And that's what I talk about, self-reflection and organized thinking. You know, it can be all the same facts I just told you. But if we spin it up a bit and change it and I can self-reflect and then my perspective can change and then my actions and choices can change and my life can change. So I think that if we just stay in our head, yeah, we really don't know. That's my point is we don't know what we don't know. So staying in our head is not going to get us very far. We don't have, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, you know, what makes you different? Other coaches, there's definitely coaches and lots of options. What makes you I can certainly see some things to make you different, but, <laughs> but with, with your own self-identity and the self-love, tell me what makes you different as a coach. Well, um, there's quite a few things, actually. You know, I'm, I'm a hypnotherapist. I use neuro-linguistic programming. I do energy healing as well as coaching. And, of course, you know, I, I'm the healed healer. I've already healed my lack of self-love, and I've healed the victimization, and I've healed the sexual dysfunction. So I'm not getting this from a book that I studied. And on top of that, I'm a, I'm in a channel, and intuitive so I step out of the way when guidance comes in because oftentimes the angels, the guides, and God speak about what the issue is and, and, and I'm getting these whispers. So I just tell you directly what I'm hearing. And so we cut to the chase very quickly because of my connection. And there's, wow. there's one other thing too. I, I was just thinking about what it was. Um, oh, and in 2012, I became enlightened. Really? So, so I have this this conscious communication with the divine, with the universe, with the universal mind. So it's like opening up that channel, and it, it's it's not it's different than you know doing a, a you know a tarot reading. It's very different because this is not me thinking something. This is God speaking to me. This is right. the angels, the, your guides, my guides speaking to me. Right. So again, really interesting because you and I, you know, we've had a couple great chats and times to talk. We've never talked about this. I call it, um, and I talk to my clients about it, I call them spiritual hits. And I always, and I tell them I'm, that I have a lot of common sense so I can tell you things, but a spiritual hit is a spiritual hit. It's coming up from the gut. It's coming from the divine. It is universal information that I'm supposed to give to you. I don't even, you know, and I, I think the healing happens much faster if you you know, are connected. I think a lot of us have the opportunity to be and don't. I mean, that's, I'm not singling you and me out as the only ones who could have it. It's, um, but being very much in awareness and acceptance and validation of what it is to connect to universal energy or to 
you know, whatever that that piece is that gives you. Um, an intuitive, tell me, I mean, is, is that partly, does that connect right to that or is there more to being an intuitive? And because I know you're a channeler and an energy healer. So are all those part of connecting to other universal energies? Oh, channeling, um, you know, I don't do trance channeling where someone takes over my body. That's, you know, but it, it's, I would say it's like a, you know, this conversation with, you know, with the universe. And what's happening, and, and so, you know, I'm still human. I, I don't want anybody to think I walk on water, you know, although your introduction sure made me sound like I do. <laughs> but, I, you know, I am human and, you know, I'm imperfect. But I might, you know, have some preconceived notions, you know, before I start working with someone. And then I get into the first session and I'm hearing guidance. You know, it, it may add something of depth, you know, bringing something to the surface much faster than what, you know, my little pea brain could, could do, if you know what I'm saying. So, (laughs) and and you, you said I'm intelligent, but this is the thing I want to say is that as we open up to divine guidance, and this is what Einstein did, he channeled, he talked about oh. intelligence, but he said intelligence is nothing without your imagination. Oh, I like that. I like that. And, I, and I, I'm big on that word as well. I mean, whether having a master's or being in a PhD program, or whatever, people like to associate, then you're so smart. You're so smart. Or if you get straight A's or a 4.0, you're so smart. And to me, I think just, I have a basic sentence. The smartest people are the ones who seek wisdom. So it, you know, it isn't about credentials. It isn't about how much schooling you have. It isn't about what grades you got. And I raised my kids saying that to them too. Throw out your report card. I already know how smart you are. Like, I don't really care about that thing, you know. So I was um, almost comical about, you know, being a rebel to the system of trying to assess intelligence because I think that you're right. I mean, there's a lot that goes into what that equation is, but it's really, it's got to do with being open. It's got to do with what comes in. It's got to do with literally being aware in a moment of something that you would have missed. And now you see and you know, you know, so um, I, I, I like what you're saying about that. And, you know, let's face it, you are intelligent, <laughs> but, um, you know, it can be defined many ways. And I really appreciate you bringing that up. Well, thank you. And Lindsay, I just want to mention that, you know, I, I went to high school in Canada. I went to, to grade 13 and I wanted to go to vet school. And my father said to me, you're a girl. You're just going to get married and have babies. I'm not wasting my money on your college education for you to get married and have babies so I never went to college and it used to bother me yeah but now I mean I'm writing books and I channel when I'm writing books when I reread this book orgasm for life once it you know came back to me from the publisher I was blown away and I was laughing my butt off reading it going oh my god did I write this because it, it was it blew me away that it that I wrote it isn't that just the most unique experience when, yes, it's an, it is an energy and it's an energy with some sensibility that comes through you. And um, I think that's so powerful what you're saying. And again, I don't, you know, I don't know what our listeners think of me, whether they relate or not to, but I totally do. Like when you sit down and you have a passion and you have something to say and then boom, out 
you know, something is flowing out of you and it, you need to evangelize whatever it is, is the story. But how interesting it doesn't always, it's, it's not always like a kid doing their homework with this conscious effort of, oh, another question I have to answer. You know, when we're passionate, and that's why I say it doesn't matter if you had a college degree, none of that matters. Even I, I invite people to, if they'd like to be on my shuttle, you know, get in touch with me. And I say, I don't care about your education. I don't care about your job. I don't care about your qualifications, your credentials. If you're passionate and you would love to evangelize something that's moving through you, or you feel like you've got something to share to help someone else learn and grow, gosh, come share, you know, because that's, that's where we all get smarter. And that's, again, why I love that you wrote this book. You, you talked to me about the fact that there were different, you, I think, edited a number of times, but you were making decisions about whether to put your personal stories in this book. And talk to me about that decision-making process and the yeses, the nos, and how that lands. Well, you know, th- th- you've heard the phrase, my life is an open book. <laughs> <laughs> Words can be more true. It certainly yeah. is. Well, I, I wrote it and I, I put it in and then I took it out because I was thinking, oh my goodness, this is really personal. I mean, you don't get more personal than talking about your sex life. And, and my mother is still bitching me out for my first book. How dare you? How could you write that about me? And, and now I'm writing about myself. So um, I took it out and I edited it, I guess, eight times. Oh, my gosh. And finally, it was my tantric healing story that turned me. They, the guides all said to me, you've got to put this in. How can you write about sexual dysfunction and healing if you don't talk about your own healing? And so I went, okay, so if I put that in, then everything else is going back in. And they go, yes. It was just like this big sigh. Ah, that's it. And, and then I, magically the book just came together, the rest of it. Wow. And, and is it in your – it sounds to me like – the way you present this is with such conviction and such passion and, you know, really, you know, there's not an awkward bone in your body when you're talking to me, so I don't hear it. But do you think that one person might read it or I hope that person, you know, when you do put your own sexual experiences in something, do you just make that decision and then you really are kind of empowered that you did it or do you make that decision and then start worrying about the few people you can think of in your life that might read oh. about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's been interesting because I'm on many forums on LinkedIn, and where I found the most criticism was the spiritual community. Interesting. And and here's the other thing that I, I haven't mentioned is that I was living in Boulder, Colorado, and I was doing all this self-love work, and, you know, I had a Voice America show, too, and I got the guidance in January, I think it was 2012, from God, this and it there's a definite difference when you hear the voice of God. And, and I was told, you have to write a book about sex. And I said, sex? <laughs> Why sex? <laughs> and, and, and I don't know that I want to do that. My mother will kill me. Right. And, and uh, <laughs> the response was, millions of people are motivated by sex to come to spirituality. They need you to write about sex. They need you to write about your own experience. They need you to write about self-love through sex. And so that's when it started 18 months ago. But it took me a while and I had to get over some 
you know, some misgivings. And of course, being on those LinkedIn forums and being criticized by people, what God told you to write a book about sex? And I said, well, which one do you think it was? (laughs) And I said, who do you think created sex after all? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't get much more defined than how you know how we're all here and what this is all about and, and procreation and the desire and you know hunter gather and nurture pamper and you know these different things that I think are very primal and and you really are speaking to them. I mean, whether you're using any of my words or not, you're you're getting back to basics with you know what is really missing and what people are struggling with. And I mean, what what do you think? Let me let me ask you it this way, since you're an author and we're lucky to have you here, what tips do you have for people that are struggling in the bedroom, like right well, now? Okay, one of the biggest things that I see is couples that have been married a long time fighting about sex. She doesn't want to have sex for whatever reason her agenda is, and he wants sex. And, uh, you know, I wrote about it, actually. A couple of my friends uh, had that experience and are still going through it. Um, where the husband made lots of money and, and you know, the, the economy tanked and then she they had to move into a small house and so she resents him for his perceived failure and says that he's not open. Men need sex to be intimate. Yes. Women need intimacy to have sex. So we are beginning at opposing ends of the spectrum and we have to get beyond that wanting to fight with our partner it isn't about a fight it's about love and and I've got to share this just real quick because I I know there's not a lot of time but I met a couple who've been married almost as long as I've been born uh, been alive they uh, have been married almost 60 years they're celebrating their 60th in in July and I asked them what's the secret she said well um, if you must fight Ask yourself, will this matter in five years? And if it doesn't, go make love because it's a lot more fun. I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's a good note to end on. And I hate ending. I just has been a fabulous talk. And I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I do have to close up with a couple of things. But thanks so much. And I hope we get to have you on another show. Thank you, Lindsay. So Lindsay's life secret for the day. Okay, so here it goes. The most vital relationship you'll ever have, build, work on, or sustain is the one with yourself. How you see yourself, how you treat yourself, and frankly, how you demand to be treated, that's all part of your beautiful identity. So relationships with partners, lovers, spouses, that's not ever easy. Families, colleagues, neighbors, you know, relationships take time, thought, effort. But I think mostly my word that you'll hear me use is intentionality with empathy and compassion. Intimacy is worth mastering. And reading this book, Orgasm for Life, is so worth it. You need to check out the blog, and you need to check out her Facebook page, Jennifer Elizabeth Masters, and jenniferelizabethmasters.com, and start striving for your best potential with intimate experiences. And use Jennifer as your guide. Use this book as a coaching tool. She is very disclosing, it's very personal, and it's very helpful. It really is when you get down into the details the way that she did. She's special. She brings a lot of wisdom to the table. You need to go to Amazon.com, look for this book, Orgasm for Life. And again, as I mentioned, JenniferElizabethMasters.blogspot.com. 
is another place where love yourself fearlessly, which is fabulous. We will be reading more answers on different questions that have been posted on Facebook. I want you to know that's coming up on other shows. I can't thank you enough for choosing Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. I, I always appreciate that. And we're over 10,000 strong now. We're, we're growing fast, and I really appreciate it. We've had Jennifer Elizabeth Masters on. Orgasm for Life is her book. I am your host, Lindsay Levinson. And I thank you so much for tuning in this week. It will be a fabulous show. Next week, we're going to get into some legal legal issues in the courtroom, and uh, we have an attorney on, and I think he'll really appreciate that wisdom. In the meantime, have a truly inspiring and wonderful week. Thanks for joining us for Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Please join Lindsay Levinson again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.